Welcome to the Cinema Chumps Podcast. My name's Quinn Hanley. I'm Braden. Nice, nice, nice. Braden, first of all, we want to say that this is a title in progress uh, in terms of Cinema Chumps. Um, anything to add to that? Well, Quinn, yeah. I think what's most important to say yep. is that this is a redemption storyline arc. <laughs> a resurrection. Like Lazarus from Hades, we have risen from the grave. Lazarus from Hades. All right. Um, from the pit, maybe? La- Lazarus was Greek mythology? No. Nope, and therefore that's from... A- no bible but lazarus from the bible yeah yeah lame this guy jesus came he was Never like yo like lazarus lazarus you're dead not anymore i'm gonna i'm gonna do some Who was the famous shit. greek myth guy that like saved his wife from hell um i think that was peric no <laughs> Um, nah, it was. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Now, nah, someone who's dead now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the way myths go. So this is a resurrection <laughs> of an old podcast. You may be thinking, "Hey, I remember this podcast having more people." And then you may be thinking, "But I also remember it earlier than that, not having more people." And then you also <laughs> may be thinking, "Hey, wasn't on YouTube before? That's weird." Yeah, and this isn't on YouTube right now, for sure. But it could be in the future, so... Who's to say? Uh, no one's to say. I, I, well, I guess we're to say, but we don't know. Future us <laughs> Yeah, future is us <laughs> is to say. Yeah. But uh, we don't know. But uh, right now, we do want to talk about what we have been watching. What, have we, what have we been up to this week? Brandon, yeah. do you want to kick us off? Uh, I will. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. I just started watching a TV show called Flight Attendant on HBO Max, and um, it's I've Kaylee. never heard of this. Yeah, I never heard of it either. But then my mom was like, "Yeah, well, I should clarify. I'm living with my parents right now too. Embarrassing, I know. But um, Flight Attendant, it's like Kaylee Cuckoo from Big Bang Theory. Pretty sure it's Coco, but whatever. I <laughs> I don't think I don't think her last if name I was a fan of Big Cuckoo. Big Theory, I probably would have known, but I don't know. Mm. Big Bang Theory, yeah. But anyways, flight attendant. Uh, she plays a flight attendant who no. has accidentally killed someone. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> like she she is like this wild flight attendant. She goes like she hooks up with like passengers on the plane, you know. And then this one guy gives her uh, his number and it's like, yo, hit me up in whatever. I think they're in like Banghai or Bang Bangkok. Ah, Banghai. <laughs> Bank. I'm sorry, Bangkok. Um, sure. But uh, whatever. They have fun. Great night. Awesome. She wakes up in bed next to him. No. Except he's dead. <laughs> and she blacked out, so she doesn't know if she killed him or if it was someone else. And the whole TV show is about that. Uh, I'm only one episode in, so I can't say for sure if she killed him or not. But things are not looking good for the Kay- Kaylee Coco uh, character. Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, recently, I have been playing a lot of chess. Mm. Um, I've been playing a lot of poker. Yeah. Uh, which weird is, though I'm not great at chess by any stretch of imagination. Not great at either. I'm, let it be known, I'm better at both poker <laughs> and chess. Yeah. So. Let, let the record show that I've, well, I've never played poker with Brayden, uh, but that's due to a lack of poker playing on Brayden's end. That's because he's afraid. And I'm 
almost certain that if we tallied all of the chess wins, it's something like 20 to 8 or something. Yeah, 20, 20 wins for Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Nah. But Brayden's getting better. You know, I was about to say 20 wins for Brayden, 8 losses for Quinn, but that just wouldn't make sense, would it? No, it wouldn't, <laughs> especially if we're only playing each yeah. other. Uh, Brain does this fun thing where I go and like I play the computer and other people online to learn how to play chess better, and Brain goes and plays his dad um, every time. So you gotta wonder if the practice methods are getting askew. You know, Quinn. <laughs> that's not a dig on your dad. That's just a dig on like variants. No, 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 no. Not, not a dig <laughs> on my dad at all. I'm just saying my practice. I believe in myself oh, so much. I believe in results. So. <laughs> that like practice. Who needs it, Quinn? Yeah. When you just win. You know, I think Muhammad Ali said that. <laughs> yeah, he said, "Sting like a butterfly, win." Mm. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I've been into those two. I'm playing in a a big, not a big, but the biggest I've ever played in poker tournament. Um, this weekend. How many millions? Eight. <laughs> no. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's actually, it's a, it's, it's, it's an $80 buy-in tournament. Okay, yeah. Um, and there's, there, without anyone buying into the tournament already, there's 1500 guaranteed in prize money. Oh, there's wow. There's probably going to be like 30 people playing, so you probably have to be top seven or something. So like 1500 is that like uh, winner takes all? Or? No, no, no. Okay. So it's a prize pool. So it's like first place gets like 30%. Mm. Uh, second place gets... 17 and then it triggers down to like the seventh place that gets like five percent interesting uh what's interesting is it's at a private poker club so they don't take any rake so Mm -hmm. like usually when like a company hosts a tournament poker tournament they are making like 20 percent of all the buy-in money Mm -hmm. um or like if you play a cash game if a pot gets above a certain number they take like four percent of the pot or whatever sure uh that this place you pay like an initial fee when you walk in the door like ten dollars and then for the rest of the day they don't rake anything from you so like the tournament, so the tournament you pay like a certain like five dollar fee up front, and they don't rake anything of okay. the rest of it. So everything that people are paying into is in the prize pool, which is rare. Um, that's also rare for cash games that they host. So I'm excited and nervous as hell. Um, but what do you like in your chances? I mean, of course, you don't have to worry about me because I'm not playing in a poker <laughs> tournament. I would but... be ecstatic if you were playing, because. Um, <laughs> Braden, Just eighty dollars down the toilet, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. You even if you ran great, like you got aces a lot. I still feel like for for all those listening who just blindly uh, trust everything the podcast people tell you, uh, I'm actually not good at poker and not better at Quinn at chess. Uh, you can actually flip those statistics yeah, we uh, gave at the beginning of the round. Yeah, but. I'm not gonna say like I'm a grandmaster at chess or like a professional poker player, but I'm definitely no, yeah. I'm definitely leaps and bounds ahead of my poker and then at chess i've just been playing above more. above the braden skill cap which yes. some might say isn't that impressive for well, poker and I, chess. i'm certainly but he, i've certainly made money playing poker yeah, and yeah i have yeah, lost yeah um, but yeah and also deal. above many other people's skill cap yeah I, I i would say i'm above the average person at poker yeah statistically speaking of the average person that plays chess i am according to chess.com well below them <laughs> I'm in the 17th I mean, percentile in uh, certain types of chess. Quinn, I was trying to butter you up, man. You just, come on. Thank you. I've, I, I recently watched, to get back to the main thing, I watched um, this 2006 movie starring Will Ferrell called Stranger Than Fiction, and I had never seen it. Um, Is that about chess? No. No, I'm saying getting back to what I've seen this week. Oh, 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 oh this gotcha, week. gotcha, Sorry. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and it is like a really 
pretty film. Like it's a really nice, like beautiful story. What's the uh, What's the concept? Yeah, the main concept is Will Ferrell plays an IRS agent, right? Mm-hmm. So a tax agent for the government, and he slowly he was he, he's like that classic like cog in the machine. Like he he lives his day by a tight schedule and everything. Dead end job type guy. Or... Uh, yeah, yeah, super boring job. Okay. He lives yeah, alone. Yeah. He works by a, like a set schedule. Mm-hmm. Um. But he keep, but one day he starts hearing like a voice narrating his life, mm-hmm. and he freaks out and like he doesn't know what to do about it. And uh, he goes to Dustin, who's the guy from the Graduate, Dustin Hoffman. D- Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it, it's and it, like and it's hard to talk about without spoiling it. But basically, he finds out he is in he is his life is being while well, he exists in real life, mm. or maybe he he exists. But his life is being written about also by a book writer, oh. and the book writer is controlling his life. And they, the book writer doesn't know that the character she's writing about mm-hmm. is him. him, and he doesn't know who the book writer is. So they are just kind of like, and her whole her whole thing is like she writes dramatic stories where the hero dies in the end. Uh oh. <laughs> and so like one day he's like walking to work, he's like sitting at work, and mm. the narrator says. Little did he know that this would be much like that. This would be the last week of his life, and he hears that and he starts freaking out. Um, so it's all about how he he's desperately trying to find mm. whoever is writing yeah. about him in order to save his life. So and it's, then, it, it's a little bit like, um, or I mean, not like it's kind of the same concept of like being John Malkovich, like where someone else is kind of like controlling them. I mean, through the book type perspective of yeah. Like, yeah, but it's like there's basically four characters. Okay. Um, I mean, there's others, but like there's pretty much four characters. Him, this Baker girl, who I'm pretty sure is on Saturday Night Live. Um, the Baker girl he meets, um, the author, and Dustin Hoffman. Okay. And, and the author is this famous actress that I'm embarrassed I can't remember her name right now. She's in Love Actually. She plays Trelawney in Harry Potter. Um, very famous actress. She's won. An, she won an Oscar in like '96. And I am. I can't. Oh, ninety six. I I don't know who won in ninety six. I didn't. But say. hey, you it's a good movie. Check it out. Uh, yeah, I will. Um, you bring up or you mentioned Love Actually, mm-hmm. and uh, that reminds me. I just finished the TV show The Undoing, also on HBO Max. I'm on a bit of an HBO <laughs> Max binge, uh, if you can't tell. But it's Hugh Grant. Uh, sure. At first, like I saw the trailers for it and everything, and doing it's about like this rich family in New York and their lives like eventually like fall apart. Yeah, it's a really sad. Yes, show. I walked in. On, I walked in on my parents watching one episode. I, I'm we're, we we are in college and we are home for winter break. Is why we keep running into our parents in these tales. Mm. Um, and like the one clip I saw, and I don't know if this is a spoiler. But I walked in. The one scene is this guy at a is Hugh Grant at a bar saying, "I watched like I basically caused my little sister's death." Oh, exactly. <laughs> and he's like sobbing, and I just like was like, "All right," and I walked back out. Yeah. So Hugh Grant in this or in this series is basically a psychopath who um, he the the premise is like very like well to do family in New York. Everything's going great. Sure. Uh, Hugh Grant is an oncologist, like cancer doctor. Uh, for for kids, he's a pediatrician also, and uh, eventually they also go to this like very fancy like grade school. You know, it's like sixty k a year. That's like a lot of money for grade school, but it's um, a lot of money for college. Yeah, a lot of money for school. Sixty <laughs> k a year. But uh, well, it's it's New York, New York, baby. I mean, ah, well, you didn't mention it was New York, New York. Yeah. Well, okay. Now that I've mentioned it's New York, New York, 
<laughs> Alright, but uh, one of like the uh, fellow parents at the school like mysteriously dies. And um, yeah, and it's like a whole mystery of who done it, you know. Uh, uh, Hugh Grant disappears at the same time the woman dies. Suspicious. Yeah, suspicious. Then uh, Nicole Kidman, who's also in it, no. she finds out like, hey, like he actually got fired from his doctor job like three months is ago. Is Hugh playing an American or is he British? No, he's British. That would be suspicious. Mysteriously, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it's, the rest of his family? No. Ah. No. Yeah, Nicole Kidman, she's like, that Australian <laughs> accent that's almost British, I could have used... Nuh-uh, don't worry about she it. She went American. Yeah, she went American. Despite her brother being... Oh, no, just like... The yeah, despite the being, cast. like, Australian, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. And despite being married to a British guy in the show for some reason. Mm. It, it, it was good. It was decent. Um, I think... It got a little too dramatic at the same time, and uh, do you mind if I spoil it? I do. Not. He does not mind if I, I spoil our it. Audience, our audience, our millions of listeners would probably mind. Uh, all right, all right. You, you guys, you, <laughs> you, you millions of listeners, you guys get it this time. Uh, <laughs> you win this round. Spoil free. Um, Yeah. Well, there's a show that we wanted to talk about. That you and I have. Is there anything else that you've seen recently that you watched or played or? Uh, I I watched Wonder or I watched like. <laughs> I watched like half of Wonder Woman 1984. 1984 is it? The best was that you were like, "It's good, Quinn." I was like, "Oh, you like watched it?" And he goes, "Well, I watched half, and like, it wasn't good." I like there's a there's another podcast I listen to, Weekly Planet, and sure. like. They do best movie ever, worst movie ever, or just a movie. I would say this is definitely just a movie. Like, it's something you can throw on and just, like, watch. But, like, it's not something you have to put a lot of attention into. I don't know if that... Yeah, my gripe with what you're saying is you're, like, so anti-Marvel. But then you go, well, this movie was just okay, I'm, and oh, I'm okay whoa, with that. I'm not anti-Marvel. I just think, like, now I watch Marvel movies, and I'm like, that's, oh, like, it's a movie. I, like... They don't. They don't wow me like they did. They don't give me the yeah, childlike the av- wonder. Sure, because you were a child when you saw the first. Hey, hey, you take that back. <laughs> but uh, the average, the the average Marvel movie is better than any DC movie that has come out. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. And that is my gripe with like you being so like okay with this movie. Like if it's like it, it like we gotta start holding DC to a higher standard. At some I mean, point. we do, but like it's not like. It's not. It's not Justice League or suicide yeah. levels of bad. Like it, it's definitely Suicide Squad. Oh, what did I say? Suicide level. You just said suicide. Oh, well, yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah, it, it was okay for sure. Ah. Yeah. All right. Chris um, Pine does great. Sure. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman still, so that's that's cool. Ah. Oh, you know. Okay. The, the, well, it is saying something because they've recast Batman. A couple times now, so oh, I guess I've completely forgot. Yeah, Robert about that. Pattinson's Batman now. Yeah. So well, I'm actually kind of pumped for that. Yeah, no, it should be. Call it, me a Robert Patterson Stan, if you will. Do you know where the name Stan comes from? Uh, it's um, what's his Eminem? Yeah, from yeah, the, song, the song. Yeah, yeah, whatever Stan. Mm-hmm. But um, huge rap fan over here. You can tell. Hmm. But uh, for those that can't see Brayden, <laughs> Brayden's about five eleven, six foot, uh, pale as snow, and ginger. 
They've so. told me I have a face for a podcast. And <laughs> Dude, I kid you not. In eighth grade, we had to do like a reading assignment mm. where like we like gave a speech for English. And <laughs> my teacher told me like it was it was the sentiment was you'd be great for radio. Mm. But she genuinely said like you would look great for radio. Like I think she like she was trying to say you would sound great yeah. for radio. But uh-huh. She said you'd look great in radio. But she ended up <laughs> just <laughs> demoralizing, demoralizing you and the ruining yourself. Thirteen year old Quinn. Yeah. yeah. Well, not lying. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, Wonder. Oh, I wanted to say the weirdest thing about this Wonder Woman movie. Mm. Is that so? The Chris Pine character uh, in the last Wonder Woman movie—he did movie, die. He did die. And okay, so wait—he did die. Like he didn't just like he's jump dead. Out well, okay, I second. didn't finish. I didn't finish the sure, movie, sure, sure. so I don't know if he's like still dead at the end. Wait, so he's in the movie for half the movie. He's there, and they don't explain how. No, oh, let me let me get to that, Quinn. Okay. So in the movie, the whole like premise of the movie is that there's some like wishing stone that they don't explain at all, really. Oh. That comes from like the Greek mythology of like Wonder Woman's path. Is past. It, is that not the plot of the first one where there's like the box? Like it was the first one was a Transformers movie. Can we just talk about that? And they need to get a cube before Big oh, Gray Guy yeah. gets the cube because the cube has like the power to spawn his own people all these macguffins man uh, that's a that's a little word for all you cinema cinephiles out there for you cinema chump files out there more oh. <laughs> title of our our brand. fan base yeah yeah well yeah that too yeah i mean our fan base is already huge so yeah. we we thought we might as well just give them a name mm. you know mm-hmm. but yeah like there's a wishing stone and uh, like the whole thing is Wonder Woman wants to get it back and she accidentally before she knows it's the wishing stone she wishes for her like true love back or something to that extent but Wait, here so on, she's no, like no. holding the stone going yeah. god I wish I had my that is exactly <laughs> it, all you have to do is hold the stone and say I wish and then you, you, like, you don't even have to be serious about it you just Whatever. But you only get one wish. So just hand it to someone else. Them the rules. One wish. But does the stone only have one charge, or does it have infinite just for as many people there are? Well... Because then can she just hand it to a friend and be like, hey, say these words. Quinn, how deep into Wonder Woman 1984 do you want to get? Because I can get about <laughs> halfway through the movie deep. <laughs> oh... Um, right, right, right. I, uh, prefer, I don't know. I, I can't decide whether or not I want you to keep let going. Me, let me I explain. feel like I'll be blindly mean to a movie that, first of all, means a lot to like the furtherment, the like the furthering of women in cinema, but also like I haven't seen. So I can't yeah. just blindly be like badgering this film. Well, like like I said, like it's not like bad. It's just like not good. <laughs> it's just not like it's not like good movie. Yeah. but what i wanted to say is like they so chris pine just appears right but at first it no not right what are you talking oh because she just wishes she him wishes him existence. yeah but at first it's not chris pine because she wishes chris pine into existence and then chris pine's soul takes control of another human body Wait, she didn't wish for just his soul, though. She wished for well, him. Well, That's cheating. In the movie, in the movie, they're like every wish has like a trade-off, you know, that you don't know of when you like wish initially. So like, there's like whenever you make a wish, like something bad that you didn't want to happen always happens. So I guess Chris Pine just took control of this random guy's body, and like for a while, for like the first five minutes he's in the movie, it's just like this random guy who I don't even know who he is. But then I guess like. 
the rest of it's just Gal Gadot imagining Chris Pine's face on this random dude. Oh my god. So the way the movie gets around it is she, like, basically in her own consciousness imprints his head back on this guy's body. That is basically what I got. (laughs) No! I could be... And his voice? Like, what is... Yeah, and his voice, too. Like... I wasn't paying super close attention to this movie, so they could have explained it some other way. But from what I got, she just imprinted his mo- or his face and like voice on this random dude. All right, I'm gonna make a new policy. Uh-huh. Every time we do this weekly update thing, mm. I need you to not bring some half baked understanding <laughs> of half of them. You don't even have like a full understanding of the half movie you saw. You have a half understanding of the half movie you saw. Well. It's Wonder Woman. They're in the eighties. <laughs> Wishing is, which Stone, which I got from the title, by the way. Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> damn. Yeah, but then the the other crazy thing about this movie is yeah. that the uh, like the main bad guy is, is Max. He gray and animated and fiery, like all the other ones. No, he's basically um, Jesse Eisenberg, or not Jesse. He's basically Lex Luthor. So it's like character. an eccentric, like yeah, pretty rich much. Guy. Oh, or okay. except in the beginning, he starts like a con man, I guess. Ah. Uh, but then. But then Quinn. So he starts like a villain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the villain would... starts like a villain, you could say. Okay. But he gets like, in, early on in the movie, he gets control oh, of the wishing, the wishing stone. stone. Sure. And you know the classic thing is like, oh, I'm gonna wish for a million wishes. No, 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 no. He says, I wish to become the wishing stone. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of Jafarian. Didn't Aladdin <laughs> already explore that? Logic? A little bit. And. I thought, when he did that, I thought, like, oh, he's, like, the negative downside is that he's going to become a an stone. Act, yes, an actual stump. <laughs> and, and well, that, or people are just going to be grabbing him all the time. Yeah, but, um, yeah, his thing is that, like, he, uh, he becomes a stone, and then he makes people, like, wish for whatever they want, and then he benefits off of, like, the trade-off that has to happen for every wish. Yeah, it's, mm. I don't know, it's Pedro Pascal... He, like, he does a pretty good job. Like, he's convincing. Like, he's also a father figure in the movie, so... To who? His child? Yeah, he has a, he has a son. <laughs> you could have just said, he's a father in the movie. <laughs> he's a father and we'll leave it at that. Well, yeah, because a father figure is like, a, like, you're a mentor to someone, not an actual dad. <laughs> <laughs> I did not because I guess you could that. say that about any character. Then yeah, okay. Have okay. I have one other thing about Wonder Woman. It it's a it's a little nitpicky, I guess. How are you? You're about to nitpick a movie that you didn't understand the little you did watch of it. But continue. Well, well hey, the first 15 minutes I was captivated. <laughs> when... And then clearly, not not because clearly movie... you weren't because well, okay. you didn't pay. It attention. wasn't because the movie was good. It was just because, like, in the beginning of the movie, so I guess Wonder Woman, it's explained in the last one, is some, like, demigod, like... Yeah, she's a child of Zeus. Oh. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it, it makes (laughs) a little bit more sense. But in the beginning, like, they're doing some Amazon, Amazon Olympics or something like that, and you see, like, all of these great competitors from... Well, well, I get, hold on, just to be clear, she's not the child of Zeus. In the, in the first movie, they go, there's, like, this secret weapon to kill gods yeah. that was created by the gods, mm-hmm. and, like, they thought it was the sword, but it was her. She's, like, a weapon um, created by the gods to kill gods. Gotcha. Uh, so she's not the child of Zeus, so much she's created by Zeus to be a secret weapon. So, like, she's ultra-powerful. 
And now you're about to complain that she was too powerful as a kid. Continue. Oh, okay. She's like, <laughs> she's like six, maybe eight years old, and like it's like this big competition, like Olympic athletes, pretty much, yeah. like competing. And she just like nays for lack of a better <laughs> word on all of them until the end, where like her like what her mom her is it mom I don't know the person who watches over her is like. Like, she's also twins with another... Uh, whatever. But uh, she's like, no, I'm not going to let you win this because you're not ready yet or some bullshit like that. Now, the person that does win that must, in the back of their head, go, well, I shouldn't have won this. Yeah, that's it, the other It's thing. like how, like... I mean, this is kind Well, of- I, think, I think from their point of view is, like, she never should have been, like, allowed to enter in the first she's place. she's not, like, a... Hu- yeah, it, yeah. Because like, she's... Six to eight years old. <laughs> She's six to eight years old and created by the gods. Yeah. So, which I guess they didn't know at the time, according to the timeline of well, the first movie. I get, I get the inclination that like everyone knows but her, pretty much. Listen, clearly you didn't watch the first Wonder Woman closely. Oh, well, I mean, all of them. I thought all of them died, right? Yeah, I think so. But also, they definitely. If they did know, they did not tell her. Yeah. Because she didn't know. But also, like, the other thing is, like, if she's doing that at, like, six to eight years old, like, come on. Like, by the time, like, she's, like, grown, like, Wonder Woman, like, why would you ever send out anyone? Why, like, would you even keep on doing the Olympics, you know, the Amazon Olympics? She's just going to destroy. If she can win at, like, convincibly win at, like, six to eight, like, well, you stand no chance for the rest of time. There's this whole rant. Dan, do you know who Dan Harmon is? Yeah. Creative community, creator mm. of Rick and Morty. He, he had this podcast for a long time, like six years, where he would just get drunk and talk for three hours in front of a live audience, and he'd mm. bring up friends. And he does this rant about Superman, because he was mad about the Superman movies, and they go, how would you do it? So he just, in, like, on, on the spot, started rant, like, ranting the dialogue to the mm. Superman movie. Like, he'd be like, cut to this guy. And basically the premise of it was... That society is having an existential crisis over the fact that because Superman exists, perfection of a human exists, and no one can attain it, and you can't kill this man, and no crime exists, and like so, like therefore, like no ambition to ever achieve anything exists because like y- you see what perfection is, and you'll never be that. So like, why bother? And like he he basically like went on this like nihilistic like rant about how if someone like him did exist like a perfect person like mm. the 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 ramifications a superman if you that would have to like the id and the ego of a person it would no. be horrible now quinn i like that idea but when does superman <laughs> fly around the earth and make time go backwards in mm. that movie yeah i don't think he got to that point yet. so i don't think it would be the best <laughs> superman movie <laughs> oh you know what? After next week, uh, when we do another episode, because these will be weekly, I promise. Wink. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> well, it was his New Year's resolution. Mine now, was it to is do my New Year's his resolution. His was to do it once a week. Mine was to do it four times a month. We'll yeah. see which one ends up happening. Yeah. Uh, may- <laughs> maybe once every seven days. We'll see. But um, we should do an episode on the Superman movies, because those are ridiculous. We haven't even done this episode. <laughs> You're right. Uh, which brings us to today's topic. Uh, Quinn, do you want to lead us off? Yeah. Um, Brayden and I are both political science majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a minor in screenwriting. I don't know. 
if you do. I think you have journalism? I have a minor in nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're both obviously big cinephiles. Um, and that's why the show, uh, The West Wing, is really like enjoyable. Mm. Um, so we were going to talk about The West Wing just for a little um and kind of like delve into its like nuances and like it, whether or not talk about whether or not it's like a great show right 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 um because you i've watched it several times through and you just watched it with your family while you were at home yeah and uh we did <laughs> so the funny thing is um this doesn't really relate to the show this gotta be funny uh, so it used to be on Netflix, right? Yeah. And it said, like, leaving Netflix on the 24th, and we were, like, in a, in a huge panic <laughs> to get through all seven seasons of the show. And this is back, like, now, like, on Netflix, a season is, like, ten episodes if it's, like, a yeah, show but like this. this. Is like... But this is network TV, so it's, like, 23 episodes <laughs> And per they're each, season. like, 45 minutes. Yeah. Hey, no filler content at all, I swear. Um, but anyways, we were, like, power driving through all of these episodes, we get to season seven. We say we're not going to be able to finish all of them. We just have to watch like the last three of season seven, and like <laughs> we do that, and like we you skip to the end. Yeah, I mean we get we get the main idea pretty much. <laughs> like there's nothing we didn't like. Yeah, but then after that we figure out uh, we have Netflix and HBO Max, <laughs> and it just jumped to HBO we fi- Max. Yeah, we figure out it just jumped to HBO <laughs> Max, so there was no rush. I like how you. Your family didn't even bother to Google where is it going in case we have... Well, here's the thing. (laughs) And this might be worse telling you this, but we were like, all right, we know the new like reunion special episode is going to be on HBO Max, but nowhere in that line of thought did it click that maybe all of the other episodes (laughs) would be on there too. Clearly HBO Max owns some part of the show. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not delve into that. Only Only the Sterling K. Brown part of the show. Um, fun fact about that, uh, they were interviewing, someone was interviewing Aaron Sorkin, I think it was on Twitter, mm. he doesn't have a Twitter, but someone on Twitter was talking about, like, who, it, Aaron Sorkin should bring back, like, should do a new, like, a 20 years later, what is happening in that mm. world, like, like, kind of talk, like, do the West Wing, but now, and it can be in the same universe as the old West Wing, uh, but just do, like, another presidential thing, because, like, the first one really, uh, tackled, like, how... The Bush and Clinton administrations handled yeah. foreign policy mm-hmm. and, and domestic policy. Uh, so like they were like, do a new one and really focus on like how Obama and Trump changed everything, which they mm-hmm. did. Two hugely historic presidents. Right. Um, and they were like, who would you want to play your president? So he picked, uh, what was his name? Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, he picked Sterling K. Brown, and they, everyone's like, that's a great pick. And Sterling K. Brown tweeted like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> and the, like, but everyone like smartly, Sorkin chose this guy not just because he's a great actor, but because he has like a ten year contract with a uh, um, what's his show on network. Oh, this is us. Yeah, this is. I us. was about to say so, he's pretty locked up. <laughs> yeah, that's why. So that's why Sorkin said he. He's like, Sorkin's like he'd be perfect for the president. I'd love him to play the president, mm-hmm. and he's locked up for ten years, so I have no pressure to actually <laughs> deliver on this. But. I'll let him be Leo. But Sterling K. Brown tweeted, like, I'd love to do this. Mm. Like, I'm doing this at some point in my career. But, yeah, uh, for the, they, like, Brian's alluding to, um, during, during the, uh, right before the election to raise money um, for, like, this company called, like, Get the Vote Out, mm. uh, which is Get Out to Vote. Get Out to Vote, which, like, is, like, a nonprofit that promotes, like, voting amongst the youth and mm. elderly. Um, they, they did a staged version of, uh, um, uh, this uh, Hartfield's Landing, I think, is the episode. Um, they did a staged episode of it, um, which, uh, version of it, 
and it's 20 years later, so all these guys are old, and the actor that played Leo died during the seventh season yeah, back in 2004. I think John Spencer? John Spencer, yeah. yeah. So he plays him as Sterling K. Brown. Okay, I didn't know that. I So the new episode that they released is basically like a reshoot of an old episode? Yeah, that episode oh, okay. existed in the gotcha, gotcha, series. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which is I, interesting I was, that you did remember that, having just watched it. Well, I, I, no, I, I still have not seen the reunion, reunion episode. Oh, you've um, still never seen it? Not not the reunion one, no. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was under the premise... Yeah, they did Hartsfield Land. Or I was under the belief that the <laughs> reunion episode took place in, like, current day. No, the reunion and... episode... It, it's the episode where, um... It's... I mean, it's it's a very vague episode. They're basically talking about how Taiwan... Like, mm. there's all these troops... Uh, the president's playing chess with uh, Sam Seaborn. Right. And oh, yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah, to figure out these episode. battleships in the this uh, in like the strait near uh, near North Korea and Taiwan and China. Mm. Like, all, the, all these battleships are over in that mm. area of the world, and basically Taiwan floated the idea, not even put action, but floated the idea of having an election. And now China is sending all these like like basically troops and destroyers towards Taiwan, and it's like the president has to decide what to do to de-escalate de- de- this. And the reason they chose that is because this big dramatic speech about. And the B story is Josh Lyman is desperately trying to get this family in Hartsfield mm-hmm. uh, to to uh, to vote for the president because this little town of like sixty people has predicted the winner every mm-hmm. year, every presidential election. So uh, the B story is like this huge, like humble, like appealing to this family to why they should vote for this candidate. And the A story is. A country just mentions the idea of having a free democratic election, and now they're under siege by this huge government. Right. Um, so that's why they picked that story to bring to this. And that's why you should vote. And that's why you should vote. But no, there's actually a very beautiful speech um, from uh, the Leo character, mm-hmm. who's the secretary, uh, the uh, the um, chief of staff, chief of staff, um, to Josh about like Josh like asking why, or basically Josh like expressing how hard this is going to be and josh goes um or leo goes something to the effect of like just for even having the thought of a free election there are like a hundred just like missiles aimed at them for mm. the thought of it and like so uh yeah it's a good it's a good it's yeah. a good thing to do during that for that cause to get out of the vote now for west wing i think uh you'd probably agree with me on this seasons one through four fantastic mm-hmm. every season after that meh to kind of bad maybe i don't know uh yeah well so, so the reason for that obviously is mm. sorkin leaves right. at the end of season right, four right. or right at, like season four airs mm. and then he leaves he never worked or saw an episode after that but not only like i, f- I feel like a large amount of the cast uh left too or it might just, just sam seaborn Oh, well... Because he went to go work on Parks and Rec. Yeah, well... Uh, so I'm saying San Seaver, it's Rob Lowe. Yeah, Rob Lowe. Yeah. But let me tell you, when Rob Lowe left, there was a huge, huge gaping hole in my heart. Well, he is handsome. Yeah. Sam Seaborn, great guy. Uh, what's interesting, Rob Lowe still has a great, like, uh, like he, he told Sorkin he was leaving, and it was right when Sorkin kind of was announced he was leaving. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, so it was a weird time. Um... But you would think there'd be, like, anger amongst the cast that Rob Lowe left. Mm. But, like, he did the reunion, and, like, he was gone on the... Uh, the guy that... Uh, Josh Molina, who played the guy that replaces Sam Seaborn, mm. does a podcast where they go through every episode and review it, recap it, and bring on cast. And, like, Rob Lowe does that. He did the reunion. Um, Sorkin talked about how he would want to explore Sam Seaborn's career if he right. did do a new series of The West Wing, because it was kind of set up that Sam Seaborn was 
on the path to be the president. Mm-hmm. Um, in this oh, episode, I remember, in, yeah, in that hard. in Hartsfield's Landing episode, mm-hmm. it, when they're playing chess, uh, this is a very pivotal episode. Strangely enough, uh, Jeb Bartlett, the president, goes, "Yeah, he's uh, played by be, Martin Sheen. Played yeah. by Martin Sheen goes like, you'll be there one day. Like you'll be in. The, we all know you're going to be in the office mm-hmm. one a day. A little foreshadowing." Yeah, and then Sam leaves yeah. the show. <laughs> um, so we never really... To be a congressman, which Gone, Well, no, he goes to, uh, like, private... Or he, like, no, he wins the election, remember? Oh. Oh, I thought he, he was re- running for, like, president or something like that. Sam Seaborn? Yeah. No, in the fourth season... This is, all, this is a huge tangent. Okay, and yeah, yeah. Kind of spoilers. In the fourth season, uh, there's this race in california where mm. the candidate dies the democratic candidate dies it's in orange county which the republicans oh, okay. have owned forever sam promises the widow that if they somehow miraculously win with a dead candidate he mm. will take the spot of that candidate and they do miraculously win and he then takes the place of that candidate and that was his like stepping out of the show right 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 yeah uh another... i'm pretty sure he does act does he lose no he's brought he's he loses and he's brought on as whatever yeah 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 and then in like the last three episodes, I think he comes back pretty much. Yeah, yeah, like, of, yeah uh, it was, it was, of the whole show. Last three episodes. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. Anyways, to to give my recap of my feelings on this show, mm-hmm. uh, I get that it's very romanticized. Like it romanticizes it politics. Like yeah. everyone is in it for the best reasons all the time, pretty much. Well, when I was watching it, I kind of felt like, um, yeah, like yeah, I, interrupt me, please. <laughs> oh, keep going. I thank was you. Definitely not building. Well, yeah. Now, that, now that you give me permission, I might as well go for it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, my thing was that when I was watching it, I very much felt like I was back in grade school learning about government for the first time, you know, cause you know, like when you're in grade school, you learn about government, you're all just like, hell yeah. Like this is like awesome. Like mm-hmm. USA, like this is cool. And then, like, the first couple seasons, like, or, like, you could say every season probably, is a lot about just, like, getting stuff done in government and about, like, people who really want to see, like, change for the best in the world, you know? Like, we're now, I feel like we think about politics as, like, a huge corruption thing, and, like, there are definitely people who thought that way back then, but, yeah. So my point was, mm-hmm. I get, like, I was... Before I, I interrupted you. Yeah. yeah, my point was, I acknowledge the argument that it is a ro- heavily romanticized show mm. um, where they really, like, every main character is a good person that is seeking out the best that works in the White House, which is not how it actually is. We no. can very easily see that right now. <laughs> um, it, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, but I will say that not only is it beautifully written with great mm. story, so it's not like you're just sitting there watching some yuppie characters like doing like rah rah kumbaya around the fire. Mm. Um, you're genuinely seeing like intelligent and uh, in like uh, in, uh, immersive story right. uh, about it. Also, when you're when you're watching shows that are just like. House of Cards, or you're watching mm. all these other political things. There's just like everything's bad all the time. Yeah. And there's no hope of a good person coming up because they would get beaten down by the system. And then you're looking outside of the last four years, and you're like, mm. oh, that's probably true. I don't think there's anything wrong with a show going, hey, this is what it could be, and mm. this is what we should be aspiring to. And there's nothing wrong with making that. Like, yeah, there's also no Iron Man, but no right. one seems to complain that there's a movie about Iron Man. Mm. Like. And also, like, like I don't know. It, it, to me, it's a silly argument to say I don't like this show because it's not. No, there's no like ter- like awfully mean characters in the main cast. They the whole conflict of the show is them 
either at odds with people that don't want to accomplish anything or at odds with people that have malintent mm. um whether it's like the media trying to like like send the wrong message about them or it's the republican party like because they're they're a democrat party the republican party starting to slow them down or the democratic party being too ambitious or like too like nearsighted um so I think they the show not only acknowledges well these guys are all bubbly and like lofty in their ideals and therefore the conflict hits when they run into the people that aren't yeah um, whereas a lot of political shows these days are it, the conflict is between the bad people and them hitting the rose colored glasses people mm. and I, I I think there's nothing wrong in fact it feels really good to see a show where the good guys are the good guys yeah. and they're winning sometimes and they're talking about it in a right in the right way and mm-hmm. like seeing things in the right image i don't know no i'd have to agree with you on that i have uh, i had a uh political science professor who said like uh he knew you know like obviously he's not in uh the political field because he's a professor now but he said like he knows too many people from college who wanted to get into government for like the right reasons for there to be like huge amounts of, like, conspiracy and, like, fraud in our government system. I think that, like, this show kind of points to that, where, like, it's people who really want to get in for the right reasons and do the right things. Yeah, and, like, there's a lot of times where Jeb Bartlett, who's the president, who's, like, a very morally well-centered character, and so is everyone else, makes a decision, and then they see the negative ramifications of it immediately. Mm. And then, like, everyone's like, well, why would you do this? And this is terrible. And he's like, well, this is what I was trying to accomplish in the moment. And obviously it just didn't work. Or obviously it had unintended other effects. And uh, so I think that's just a much more realistic way of looking at it. It's like most decisions made in a normal, normal White House Mm. are with good intent. Or at least with a good goal or some form of goal in mind. Not just to screw someone over. And then it just is such a big system that certain things go wrong mm. or certain people feel like, well, this didn't help me. This helped the person above me. Right. Um, and those are not invalid opinions, but it's also, it's not like there's like devils making mm. these ideas. It's people making decisions that mm. at the moment they feel are best oftentimes. Yeah. Um, Unless you're part of the Trump administration, then it's probably awful. That's, but. I keep, yeah, I keep trying to dance around the <laughs> yeah. like maybe the last four years, that's not true. Yeah. But, uh, but in years past, Years yeah. past, yes. One little tangent I want to point out that doesn't really have that much to do with the show. I think Jeb Bartlett, Martin Sheen's character, the president, he went to Notre Dame, right, in the show? Yeah. And Martin then the she- London School of Economics. Okay, well, that I don't really care about. But so, I just want another Martin Sheen movie, or another Martin Sheen piece of media I know, The Departed, where he plays a police chief in uh, Boston, mm-hmm. or a police captain, maybe. One of, one of the two. Sure. Uh, his son goes to Notre Dame. So what? what is it with Martin Sheen and Notre Dame? I want to know. Uh, I think that when you have an Irish Catholic character, it's really easy to associate him to Notre Dame. Well, Martin Sheen is... Um, I think he's... I know uh, Charlie Sheen is Hispanic. I don't know if... Well, that's... Yes, so... Martin Sheen is also, but... Or, like, I don't well, know his... If, yeah, his wife. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha. Because, gotcha. you yeah. know, his other son, the coach of the Mighty Ducks, you know his last name? No. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I've never seen the Mighty Ducks. Um, anyways, Mar- Martin Sheen has another son, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen's brother, mm. who kept his mother's name. And it's, right, right, right. Uh, Jesus. They all grew up in Cincinnati, like in Dayton. Um, sorry. That's the other crazy thing. Also, like, Rob Lowe did, and also um, 
the press secretary, um, what's oh, CJ Craig? Yeah, the actress plays her. Also grew up in Dayton, and that's why her character in a couple of episodes goes home to Dayton mm-hmm. and visits her dad. Um, oh, that I remember. Like that almost episode. all the yeah. cast is from Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Super weird. Interesting. Um, so many famous people are from Cincinnati, but so, do not acknowledge it. <laughs> your rant was that he also he, in other shows he has also okay. had ties to Notre Dame. I only know two for sure. But, but my, my, I bet my, there's more out there. My point is that if you're trying to portray a brilliant uh, president who's also Catholic, I think it'd be really easy to just go, well, what school are you going to Notre Dame, obviously. Loyola, Chicago. Easy. Yeah, but this guy became president, not president of his like Quidditch team. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's silly. Um, Brain goes to Loyola, though. Yeah. Um, I don't right. have any presidential hopes, so it doesn't really matter. But well, No, um, you go to Loyola. Huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, yeah, that's the other thing in the show that I think is interesting. Um, Super Ivy League. Yeah, they don't really shy away from the fact that literally everyone in the White House, besides like Charlie, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. the Dolly Hill character, uh, is from like an Ivy League like school. Yeah, um, they definitely they definitely lean into that, and I think part of it was because they were trying to be like i mean part it's true they're trying to mirror the clinton administration in a way where it's mm-hmm. a bunch of uh like ivy league erudite people yeah instead of like the like the guys that the guys that you went to college with like that were rah rah now you're in my cabinet mm-hmm. so they were trying yeah. to mirror that side like cause, and then like because that's the thing that happened uh was like the bush kind of like guys were not these like harvard law people they were like these like bush's government aides sure. and stuff mm-hmm. uh from when he was like whatever governor or whatever bush was before the old bush was texas yeah was yeah. he the governor of texas i'm pretty sure okay um i'm going off of the movie vice right now clinton so. clinton being an ivy grad um he also just hired a bunch of ivy guys right um so the, he he wanted to mirror that because he wanted the one of the conflicts to be is that like one of the reasons everyone hates this administration isn't because they're doing a terrible job but because of these cocky Ivy League kids that are young and like think they're better than everyone right and that's where like you get the Sam Seaborn and Josh uh, characters that are just like constantly like running over people with their intellect so I think that's why he made them all like yeah. Harvard Yale where they just have these like huge like they're good people but they're just these huge heads mm, huge ego mm-hmm I think one of the things that does not hold up in this show is that very early on, uh, the show came out right when like the internet was like starting up. Yeah, the first season happened during 2001. 2000, 2001. Yeah, so like the internet wasn't, or I think it was like in the late 90s maybe. I, uh, either way, like internet wasn't super like foundational to like our lives like it is now. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the first episodes, CJ Craig, the press secretary, uh, is confronted by a journalist and he says uh this like story or whatever has hit the internet you guys have like a week before it goes like <laughs> I, i'm like man haven't times changed yeah yeah that is the funny thing is like uh cj craig definitely is able to control the media cycle yeah a lot more than any modern press secretary ever mm-hmm. could um for the white house at least yeah um, my dad's good friend was the press secretary under clinton um Oh. And he actually he's actually in the West, he he's in one of the first episodes of the West Wing as like a side character but he he consulted on the show mm-hmm. uh like oh no this is how these meetings would go and this yeah. is the press secretary sound and like he's now been like the press secretary of Facebook and the NFL mm-hmm. uh and like those are things where you can control the story more but yeah. when it's the White House and there's literally 
people that are paid millions to like commentate on mm. what you're doing. There's just no way nowadays you could control yeah. the narrative as much as CJ Craig does. I mean, I'd like the point. I mean, it is a fictional show, but like CJ Craig and like is they have multiple press secretaries in the link of the show, right? In the West Wing, they just have one. Oh, I thought CJ Craig got like promoted or something. yeah, like towards the end. Oh, uh, okay. I, yeah. I really view the show as seasons one through four, and yeah. then anything after that. Good point. Sure. Good point. Yeah. yeah. But um, was it? She seems to have more of like a rapport with the press than like anything we've seen recently. Well, in fairness, Braid and I have come up in political science in the last four years mm-hmm. when the press secretaries demonized the press and the yeah. president demonized the press. And there have been three. <laughs> and there have been three. Well, that's not uncommon for yeah. presidents to churn through press secretaries because not and, Jeb Bartlett though. Jeb Bar- that that it is rare. How well Jeb Bartlett held on to his yeah. cabinet uh, or his. Uh, I mean, also a fictional TV show, so probably so makes a little bit more sense. Why he would? Yeah, yeah like but... uh, like Clinton went through like George Stephanopoulos was his first one, uh, and then it was, and then I did not know that. Or I, well, I knew so Stephanopoulos helped get him elected. Yeah, I know. So like that's yeah, him and the raging Cajun mm-hmm. were yeah, yeah, yeah part of uh, Clinton's. Election yeah. campaign, so Stephanop- yeah, campaign staff, yeah. Yeah, so the way Stephanos made his way from that to his journalism job is press secretary. Mm. Um, and the guy, one of the guys that replaced him was my dad's friend. Um, so persons go through a bunch because, A, it's a tiring job. Mm. Uh, B, you're the most public figure outside of the president in the White House. Right. So you're constantly getting dogged for it. And C, you're not making any money compared to what you could be making. Right. Like these people, yes, they're making probably like 80, like I guess, at the, I don't know, 100. Mm. Like they're making good money. But these are like the top people of the field. They could be like George Stephanopoulos probably yeah. makes a million or so dollars doing his news well, reporting. Well, at the so. at the end of West Wing, I think they kind of like lead on to that where um, C. J. Craig uh, was working at like a eight hundred grand job, or like she's offered. Um, so the show ends with like new administration taking control over like the Jeb Bartlett uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president is he plays. Leia's dad in the prequels of yeah. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know his name. The new president. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Santos in the show. Yeah. Also, Alan Alda plays his competition. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and yeah, interesting. Um, to, 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 just to explain to people that probably haven't seen The West Wing, uh, the first six seasons are the Bartlett administration. Mm-hmm. It starts in year two of the Bartlett administration, right around, mm-hmm. uh, and that's season one, and then. He gets reelected around season three or four. Yeah, and then uh, he finishes his eighth year in season six, mm. or in season seven. Yeah, so he season finishes, yeah, so yeah. each season's about a year of the administration. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, see basically his whole. Yeah. You term see all of the, the first year of the, the term. So each yeah. season's a year of the term, and then the seventh season, obviously, while he's finishing his eighth year, uh, one of the main characters, Josh, is helping get the new president elected, mm. um, and that guy runs. Carlos Santos runs against Alan Alda's character. Right. Yep. Cool, but oh, um, but C.J. Craig is offered a new job for this administration, mm-hmm. and then she denies it, and she goes to work in the private sector where she is probably making a shit ton of money in her fictional world. Yeah, in the third season, they talk about how the ca- how they were all assembled during mm-hmm. the election, like the first time yeah. uh, he was elected, and it was like San Seaborn was working at this like million multi this like million dollar job at this like law mm-hmm. firm. Where he was like at the top law firm. Oh yeah, yeah. Before he comes back. Yeah, and yeah. then C.J. Craig was working for this like like Hollywood like marketing firm, and she was making mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands. And it's like the story is basically Josh Lyman and Toby trying to recruit those two out of their 
thousands hundreds of thousands of dollar job yeah and the like there's like a line where she he's like she's like how much is the pay and toby goes what are you making now and she goes six hundred thousand dollars and he goes we can pay you six thousand a week and she goes so less and he goes much less um because public servants they don't make much um and these people at the top of the field so they were making tons and Mm. now no well they don't make much unless you get a little kickback eh? a little uh if you, you can't see right now, but Quinn is dumbfounded looking at me. <laughs> well, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the show doesn't really go into that. No. Because these people these people are pure bureaucrats. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And, like, that's, I think that's part of the good uh, of the show. Like, you're not really ever worried about, like, these people being, like, scandalous or anything. Like, the biggest scandal in the whole show, I think, is that one of the characters, uh, Rob Lowe's character in the beginning is like dating a uh, uh, call girl. Yeah. Uh, well, also the and then multiple school the MS cover up. Oh uh, yeah, and then also uh, the chief of staff being an alcoholic. Yeah, and drug addict. That. <laughs> so so yeah so like I mean the, either way though less controversy than there has been in recent years. Well, oh, that's say. my favorite thing is like there's a whole like two part series like two part mm. like two episode uh, run where uh, the, whole, <laughs> the dramatic part of the of the show is that Jeb Bartlett shuts down the government. Uh, oh and, yeah, because he uh. didn't want to make a deal with Congress because they kept changing the deal because uh, it was a Republican Congress uh, that refused to give him what he wanted. <laughs> Uh, so he shuts down oh. the government, and it's such a dramatic moment. And at the time, in, like, 2000, mm. there was, like, that never happened. Yeah, like, if you're watching that in, like, the 2000s, you're probably like, holy shit. How like, does this even work? Yeah, and, like, there's uh, a whole discussion with the staff. It's like, how does this work? And they're like, well, you, 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 and you all have to go home. Because, like, you're furloughed. <laughs> like, go home. Yeah. But it's like, nowadays, that's happened in the last eight years, like, six times. Yeah. The government shut down. Oh, like, constantly. Yeah, because, like, like, Obama had it because, like, it was, he was working against, like, two Republican houses. Mm. Um, and then, uh. Yeah, and then Trump, obviously, yeah. It's like, like I insanity. feel like it, it's definitely happened a bunch. It's now a negotiation. Like, yeah. the whole thing was Jeb Bartlett was using it as a negotiation tool, mm-hmm. and that was, like, this whole thing. Like, Obama and Trump did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they shut down the government mm-hmm. as negotiation tools multiple times in their mm-hmm. administrations. And they didn't have two episodes where they thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did not have these huge, like, dramatic, like, yeah. shut it down uh-huh. moments. No. But so a lot of change. But what is sad is like that's all changed. Like that's mm. much more coming out. What is sad is like the argument on gun control has not mm. moved an inch. No. Like the argument on like like the the, the only big issue like environmentalism hasn't mm. changed. Like all this stuff hasn't changed. The only thing that has is like gay marriage is a thing now. Yeah. And that's only in the last like ten years. Mm. Uh. So it's just like it's so it, it's sad wild. to see how like twenty years ago they were like fighting these fights. And it's been twenty years. We've not made headway on any of them. I do like how the show, like, it would tackle these, like, huge, like, large topics uh, of the time, like, internet, like, gay marriage, um, what else would they, or, like, shutting down the government or some good examples, Mm -hmm. but then they would also, like, take small, like, topics like uh, preserving wildlife or something like that, or my favorite is when they, uh, the map episode. Yeah, where they find out that the the map is, which has actually been, like, a thing now. Like, it's it's a very discussed Like, I remember, like, before I even watched, uh, West Wing, that, like, a clip of that episode was used as an example, I think, in my high school government class, just to be like, maps are different. 
But it, if you have not seen West Wing and you do not want to watch it, just look up the clip on YouTube because I think <laughs> I think the clip is pretty like amazing because like the characters in it are like, whoa, what? And like I was also like, whoa, what? Yeah, the argument is that like these maps are all made by mm-hmm. like white European people that misrepresented the sizes of not just countries, continents. Yeah, and and uh, to make like America looks huge, Europe looks huge, mm. and then like these other countries look smaller. Greenland looks huge. Greenland is the size of Africa. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> on the looks, map. Yeah, yeah, and it's tiny uh, in real life. Um, and then they all just like there's an argument about like the orientation. Like, should the North be on top? It's mm-hmm. all the why are all the white countries on top and all these like um, yeah yeah. So it's uh, and like they very eloquently made this argument on a show in the year 2000, mm. and it wasn't until like 2004. It was like Obama's end of his administration where they changed the map. I'm pretty sure, like we huh. d- we are we did change away from that map um, recently. And then Trump was probably like, change it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it came up and like like in the news cycle was like a debate mm. about is this like colonialist like this. I mean, map? I don't remember it, but the map probably should be changed to be something <laughs> a little bit more, yeah, a little bit something more representative of what's actually like. But then they also go into. Um, like, the biggest thing is that it's impossible to, like, accurately display, like, a 3D shape on, on a, like, a 2D, like, yeah. plane. Which is a good point. But, but like, but there was no effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was yeah, no they effort. could do a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I mean... They, like, made it, like, what was it, like, Iceland's, like, seven times bigger or something? Or Oh, no, yeah. Greenland is, like, oh, sorry, seven Greenland. times, like, bigger than what it actually is. And, it's like, on the map, it looks like it's the same size as Africa. The whole continent yeah. of Africa. I think, do you, okay, do you think you have to be nerdy to appreciate the West Wing? Like, do you think you have to be, like, much more, uh, like, intellectually inclined to this show? Mm. And then, then, like, if you, like, were more of, like, I like Game of Thrones, like... It's hard because, like, looking back... Which I guess is also nerdy. That was a bad example. Well, Game of Thrones nerdy, but it has wide appeal. Huge appeal, yeah. yeah. But I think it's There's no dragons. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no no dragons. This show is all dialogue, wall Mm. to wall. yeah. Uh, I, I think it's hard to, because if you look back, like, to when the show came out, like, I mean, I could just be saying this because I wasn't alive back then, but I feel like the political divide wasn't as big. No. And, like, like people could watch as, like, a Republican, like, watch, like, the show where it's about Democrats in office and just be like, okay, like, this is the president, you know? No, yeah, I've seen tons of interviews about the guy that played, uh, uh, played Josh, um, a prominent player in the Democratic Party in the Mm -hmm. show. And, like, they used to watch it in the Hill, in, like, in Washington. Like, everyone, like, mm. all the big players in Washington in real life watched it. Right. And when they would go and shoot their exterior shots in Washington, like, once a month, mm. like, even Republican senators would be like, love the show, man. Because, like, they weren't portraying Democrats beating down these evil Republicans. They were portraying Democrats no, just, trying to do what was yeah, right. Uh-huh. Right? It wasn't, like, I mean, there were obviously these, like, jokes where it's, like, Republicans mm. are evil. But, like... It wasn't to the degree that it is now. And and the, the divide isn't to the degree now. Mm. Like, a fun political science fact is in the 80s and in the 90s, but in the 80s and before, uh, if someone had an anti-abortion or pro-abortion, like, pro-life or mm. anything, whatever, if, if they had one of those two opinions, that would give you zero indication of what party they were they, they sided with. And if they told you they were a religious, like, zealot, like a very religious person... Mm. That would give you no indication as to what party of the year is. Now, if I told you right now there's a white, religious, anti-abortion person, you know they are a Republican. That's Donald Trump, yeah. Sure. That would, if I told you that 
in the 80s, you'd be like, oh, that could be a Democrat. Yeah. Like, you would have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the divide is so much bigger now. Yeah. I mean, the divide is bigger, but I think... So, yeah, maybe a show like, yeah, especially if it's a show that came out now where it's just like, hey, fuck yeah. everything Trump did. Um, yeah, like, yeah, if this show came out now, like, one side would take it as an attack for sure. Oh, yeah, and the other Absolutely. side would be made fun of for watching yeah. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's good that the show came out when it did. And if it mm-hmm. can't, like, if Sorkin... So that's also why Sorkin doesn't want to make it now. Yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> that, that's why he made the newsroom in 2012. Because mm-hmm. it was a it was a news organization going right. like, you're all stupid. Mm-hmm. Instead of uh, like a party saying. Yeah. Um, newsroom is another Sorkin show on HBO. Uh, that is good, but uh, didn't have as clear a direction as The West Wing. Uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, do you have any complaints about The West Wing? Uh... I think early on in the West Wing, uh, like, it kind of had trouble establishing, like, a storyline they wanted to stick with. Like, a lot of things, like, early on, it's like, Leo's an alcoholic, Leo's wife leaves him, Sam Seaborn is dating, uh, Call Girl, uh, like, a bunch of stuff. And then, like, all of a sudden, it just kind of gets dropped, some of the stuff. Like, some Mm -hmm. stuff is resolved, some of the stuff is just kind of left out there. But I think... My biggest complaint is that it tells a lot, but it doesn't focus on a lot. I think that like I think that problem is solved later on when they do have these like multiple episode arcs about like the government shutdown or um, MS. Yeah, or the one where even uh, at one point in the show, Martin Sheen's daughter gets like kidnapped. Yeah, that's yeah. the end of the fourth season, mm. which uh, is so funny. Sorkin writes this huge thing and then doesn't write the resolution. Yeah, he just writes this ins- uh. insane setup where the president has res- spoiler resigned power through the mm. 25th amendment and his daughter's been kidnapped. And then Sorkin left. Yeah. <laughs> and he did not write the resolution to that. And the show noticeably got worse. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Another complaint... Uh, not really a complaint, really. Like, I feel like the passage of time in the show just feels a little awkward. Like know. you have no idea. It's been six months all of a sudden. Yeah, and, then, uh, like, and then, like, they'll be talking about the same issue because it's been a week right. for, like, the next ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that's, like, relevant to, like, how the White House is, where it's, yeah. like, there's obviously every day, there's the day-to-day, mm. but then these huge things come up, and then it feels like the media, like, I mean, Trump's administration's a little different, but, like, in previous administrations, the public would not focus on the White House every day. Yeah. But then there'd be these issues, and then for a month, they were always clued in, and mm. then they would tune out yeah. for, like, seven months. So I feel like that was an accurate representation of issues arising naturally in the White House. Mm. Um, but it's like, well, these past five months, they've just been treading water and like accomplishing what they needed to. But now, like these three things have all converged into a real problem. So now they have to address it, and we're going to focus on those weeks. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't find that to be terribly. It, it's problematic in terms of you, like, like I think you don't know. It's yeah. like, it's hard to go like, oh, well, it's been six months. Like it's now winter again. Or like or, once like, again, like it's something where like if you're watching it while it came out like, week to week or however, whatever the release schedule was originally, mm-hmm. I don't think it really would have been a problem. But if you're binging these, like... You're like, whoa, it's Christmas? Yeah. They were just outside. <laughs> if you think all seven seasons are going to leave Netflix in, like, a matter of <laughs> in a matter of and 10 you, to 14 and days... And you've not put in any effort to find out where it's going. No, yeah. But, yeah, those are my, like, complaints about it. They're not, like, super big complaints. Like, I think the show still does... Like, it very much accomplishes what it sets out to do. Mm-hmm. You know, which is show, like, like we said earlier, like, how 
people do great things in government and like the real people problems that an administration can have. Also, like everyone, like like everyone, like it's a big thing. Like when the president walks into a room and he's standing, everyone stands. Like mm. everyone respects the president. Um, God is that different from no. right yeah. now? <laughs> like it, it, like just like. It, you watch that and you're like, oh yeah, this used to be such mm. an honored position. Like this used to be something that like people feared, like yeah. how powerful this was, and people like like were revenant. Even like even like the Republican leadership would like stand when the president stood, mm. uh, like Jeb Bartlett stood. Like, like it's so mm. like it's just been so deteriorated since then. And I feel like even when they like brought on like or whenever like Jeb Bartlett's character uh, or Martin Sheen's character Jeb Bartlett would like talk to any foreign power like there was some like respect that yeah, on both ends and, yeah. and like you listen to the conversation and you're like like how would trump have the same conversation oh at all oh yeah and like the, like you it make it makes you it's such good escapism to the point mm-hmm. that it horseshoe affects and you're like why yeah. isn't the real world like this where you're like watch uh you'll watch uh like these three really brilliant, great minds mm. debate this issue to the president, and they give all the reasons why he should do this. Mm. And the president goes, "Well, morally, I can't, so I'm not going to do it." Yeah. And you sit there and go, "Not only could Trump not have made that moral call, he wouldn't have had the three guys in the room no. like giving him the reasons why he should." And like, he has, he has Jared Kushner just like filing his nails, <laughs> like, "Yep, I solved the Middle East." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think, like, that's, like, the show, when it set out, it was probably, like, we're going to do, like, what the White House is like for real, you know? But now, it just feels so idealistic and out there, like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny, uh, throughout, so if you, when you, when you at home and Braden go and watch the HBO Max, (laughs) uh, 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 staged reshooting of the, uh, Hartsfield Landing episode, uh, throughout it, they do interviews with the cast, and, uh, well, I think they have like um, they have a bunch of people come on like get get celebrities and stuff. But they they also talk to like Sorkin and all them. Mm. And like one of them, they go like, "We know, we know this is romanticized, and clearly <laughs> right now it's clear how romanticized yeah. it was." But please, like if you vote one day, we could attain this. Like that's why mm. you vote. You shouldn't not vote because we're not at the level that the West Wing's at. You should vote to achieve what the West yeah. Wing is at. So like. They're so aware, and like mm. even in the run of the show, like people were calling out them for being like, uh, like the the opponents of the White House were calling out the characters for being like cocky, uh, Ivy League, pretentious, and romantic, like overly mm. romantic. Like, like they were called out for that stuff in the show. Like the show was aware that that's what it was doing. And then their comeback was it's fiction. This is make believe. We're uh, we're not real. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I hate that disconnect. I feel like a lot of people have it, where like something happens in like media or something like that, where it's obviously like I'm not real, like fiction, and they just get upset about. It. But yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I remember my friend, my dad's friend's name is Joe Lockhart. Mm-hmm. So he, he was a press secretary for Clinton. He was press secretary for the NFL, like Roger Goodell. He's press secretary for Facebook. Very very rich and powerful man. Yeah. Um. And when I was nine, I went to visit him in D.C. Mm. And I don't, I have no memory of this. But my dad was just telling me, because, like, when I was 10, I would go to sleep in this, like, rock shirt. 
right. every night, and I didn't remember why. And then mm. last night, my dad, or two nights ago, my dad. I mean, was obviously, like, is because you love rock and roll. Well, yeah, but two years ago or two days ago, my dad was telling me why I always wore that shirt because, like, I, I didn't ask him, but on TV, it was like he was watching some like rock documentary or something. Mm. He goes, "Oh, look." It's the guy that was at Joe's house. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, John Bon Jovi. He was sleeping in, on Joe's couch when we went to go visit Joe. And he gave, and John Bon Jovi gave you two of his shirts. And I, I had no recollection that I had met John Bon Jovi when I was nine because he crashed at Joe Lockhart's place. Oh, my God. Isn't that insane? Oh, God. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And like, I... I was so young that I didn't know or appreciate who John Bon Jovi was, and then just threw away mm. the memory of it. Like it's not even like I remembered meeting this guy and not caring. I didn't remember meeting this guy. John, John. Well, I'm not a huge Bon Jovi fan. He's uh, living on a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I when I was growing up, <laughs> little other, fun story. Uh, I used to think that was living on the prairie. I thought the song was living about little. Living on a prairie. Yeah. Take my... I thought the whole song was just about Little Woman, the book. Oh, or like Little House on the Prairie. It's like the theme song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was just a memory I had. That was crazy. But yeah, no, that's, that's how powerful odd. these guys are. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Crazy. JBJ. Yeah. This episode's brought to you by John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> and HBO Max, I guess, because Brayden's just been crushing it. I mean, if they want to toss us some cha-ching, I'm not going to complain, you know. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And they definitely will, because we have millions of listeners. Um, I mean, yeah, our... <laughs> our I, was, I was about to insult... Our eight-minute yeah. thus far podcast. I was about to insult our probably actual, like... I mean, like, realistically, we have, like, probably, like... Yeah, let's... A couple million let, listeners. Yeah, like... We couldn't name them. We, no. We would, we would break the two-hour mark, which we were already threatening. Yeah. No, we're at an hour. Oh, right? okay. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Uh, real quick. Um, so next week, I will tell you guys how I did in the poker tournament. Mm-hmm. I will update you with how many times I've beaten Britain chess online. All right. Which, give an estimate. And it can't be because you avoided playing me. Um, well, it's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> my strategy. Uh, I think. I-, I do want to say, like, it is not cockiness that I'm saying that I want Braden to get better. And I want, and it's not even like I'm blowing him out. Yeah. These, these are close games that I'm just pulling off the win in. Uh, it's just funny that like, for, like, I would say maybe it's like sixty forty, like the mm. gap between me and Braden. Uh, but I'm winning at like an eighty twenty clip because like I just like I've just like gotten lucky in the last like yeah. ten moves. I think I think I am bad with late game blunders too. Like I. Yeah will usually throw my queen away because I <laughs> think it's a good play and then it gets got. Um, uh, yeah, you also don't, like, push your pawns to, like, promote them a lot. Nah, yeah. But that, that, that's chess talk. Um, I will rewatch Queen's Gambit uh, to make sure I'm tip-top on my chess strategy. Yeah, and um, also next week I think we'll be discussing the show, maybe, Queen's Gambit, and maybe talking more about sure. some chess. Uh, I thought maybe... Well, we can do other things. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Nothing no, we can do one thing <laughs> on this show. And we must uh, declare a now. We're, yeah, we just bought a bunch of games on yeah. our laptops that we'll mm-hmm. be playing together. Let us know, uh, millions of fans, if you'd be interested in seeing us play those games. Yeah, we could um, screen capture and like record our audio. They would be very low res and low graphics, because we have max but um the commentary would be 
crisp. It'd be so crisp. And also, leave a comment down below on what game of the three that you should just know we have at this point uh, would you like us to play. Have we announced all three no, of the games? No, we haven't announced one of them. Okay, well, let, if you have a game you want us to play or something you want us to watch, uh, let us know. Yeah. And we'll do it. Mm-hmm. If it can be done on Mac. Um, what else do I want to say? Um, maybe I was thinking... Uh, did I mention this earlier in the episode about Superman? No. Uh, Su- the Superman yes, movie? Yes, you did. Oh, okay, well... I want to go back because they are wild, and I feel like <laughs> they need to be talked about. Now that can be later episode, or maybe we can just watch in our own time and keep in our heads. But uh, yeah, uh, you should go watch Stranger Than Fiction on Netflix, Braden, and everyone else. Mm. Do yourself a favor. It's like a two-hour movie. I downloaded it on a flight uh, and watched it. Okay, um, and it was good. It was you good. downloaded it on a flight. Downloaded it for a flight. Mm-hmm. Watch it on the flight. I was about to say you. Don't want to be caught paying for that in-flight Wi-Fi. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that has been it. Uh, Quinn, do you have anything else you want to add? Hmm. Um. Follow us on whatever platform this is I would, posted on. I would love to begin keeping, like, a running tally of maybe, like, our chess games or just something so we can update every week. Um, like, we played X amount of games, or we did th- we did this or that, and this is our success level at it. Okay, well, <laughs> the chess record right now, currently, if if we just look at yesterday, I'm not super proud of it. Uh, it's 5-1. to one. Uh, Quinn has 5 wins, I have 1 win. In, in what time frame is that? Uh, like... Two hours? No, I'm just no. Cause I don't. I think we played. I think it was like only three to one, yesterday. Oh no, no. I think it was four to one. I think at your one. house, I ran a five to one streak like a week yeah. ago. I will like to say though, I get dramatically better when time is not an issue. Yeah, I, I play. We play with a chess clock, and yeah, yeah, I blow. I definitely think I'm near undefeated against Brayden with a clock, and then yeah. we take it off, and Brayden has a second to like look around. Mm. It also, yeah. I need to calculate in my mind. I think you just need to play more, like online. Where there's no, no, I against, just need to calculate. Against not your dad. Like, no offense to your dad, but it does not sound like he is the best chess player. To, like, it's like not iron sharpening iron. It doesn't sound like. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Like, he does beat me every once in a while. Like, I don't know. It's, it's not terrible. But, no, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. if you, like, you know, got on your computer. Yeah, and, like, yeah, really... yeah, yeah, yeah. I, fun fact about me. Um, the chess program on uh, no, my computer. Don't I've, play that. Well, I, I've never beaten the computer on. Have you beaten the computer on? On my phone? No, on chess. On it's like automatically downloaded on it. Yeah, like night. I have the app on my phone too. You can change the difficulty on it. No, not not like the chess.com app. No, I no, I have like the Apple Chess app on my phone, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no heckin' this? way. No, that's not the app. Oh. What do you? Oh, everyone, I'm showing Quentin the chess app because I don't think he can beat... Yeah, this thrilling audio. Does it only have one setting, like one challenge setting? Uh, I think you can change the difficulty, huh. but uh, the setting it starts on is pretty hard, I think. So, okay. yeah. Huh, interesting. Okay, All right. so Brayden and I are going to keep a tally because we're going to play on the computer chess, uh, mm-hmm. and we can set the time to like 30 minutes, Brayden, right. so it's not a factor. Um, and we'll keep you guys posted. So updates that we want to keep track of: chess results. Uh, how we we're level eight after like forty minutes of playing uh, Borderlands Two. Oh, 
Yeah. I expect us to do better. Maybe. I don't know. Also, school starts, so maybe not. Nah, it's online school. Ohio State will have played in the national... I go to Ohio State. Ohio yeah. State will have played in the national championship. Wow, that's so exciting. You're just jealous. Like, that's all it is. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> if I was jealous, I would have gone to a school with a football team. So. <laughs> but yeah, it is exciting. Like, what was the tone? Like, yes, it is objectively exciting that my team is in the national championship game. It'd be exciting <laughs> if Ohio State fans weren't awful, awful people. No offense, Quinn. Some take it. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm an Ohio State No, I, hey, Ohio State, like, good job. You guys did good. Um, we beat Clemson. Like, who, yeah. it's, it's not like they're renowned for their like, kindness. There's nothing I can really say about how good. Their coach literally said black people have nothing to complain about in modern America. Like, come on. Well, and ranked us 11th the week before he played us. Look, I'm not trying to defend that guy. I'm just a salty Brayden, Michigan stop fan. being a Dabo Sweeney apologist. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's really it. Uh, let us know. Uh, yeah, what's up? Yeah, well, yeah, I, well, hold on. And I know this is meandering, but uh-huh. I think we should set, like, goals to come back with each week. Okay. So, like, update on, like, how we're doing in our video game. Mm-hmm. So that could be whatever we've played recently. Uh, update in our chess life. Okay. Uh, I'll do my poker game. Uh, and then maybe, like, uh, like... We set, like, a goal. Like, we're going to watch two movies before the next podcast or something. Mm. Um, together or separately. Yeah. Or, like, like whatever just, just, we want to talk have, about. make a discovery. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're I, I agree. Crazy. Like, I, I found agree. a new book. Like, that's perfectly viable. Although I don't expect you to just, like, find a new book. Yeah. <laughs> me reading? No. But um, I think next week we also should nail down a good outro and intro for this podcast. <laughs> and maybe make an outline for how we want to discuss this. No, 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 no. No, yeah. Leave a comment if you like this free form. And I yeah. know I said it, but meandering at best uh, style. So this has been uh, Cinema Chumps. Yeah. I, I have working title. Working title. From, the old, our, from yeah. the old times. Old fans will remember it. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of your, your ears just perked yeah. up from that beautiful name <laughs> from ages ago. Yeah, I mean millions of years. Fun fact. The original agreed upon name for this. I don't like this original agreed was going to be used napkin or Which, used tissue from SpongeBob. But yeah. when we made the icon, it just looked like uh, gross. Uh, it looked uh, like a thirteen-year-old boy had used a tissue to. Um, I, I want to point out Quinn came up with this used napkin name and ran with it, and, and we and, didn't use it though. And like so that's I, good. yeah. We ran with it for a while, but it never appeared to me that people would think use napkin in a different light other than SpongeBob until now, which which is I mean I nixed it for that very now, reason. yeah now hindsight is twenty twenty but yeah. um, I just thought it was funny you yeah. didn't really, I thought I like I was like we can't use this this looks too much like a uh, 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 you know, a sock of sorts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think the logo was. It also it also didn't look good. Yeah. Like, it is objectively. I don't know. But um, but cinema chumps. That's a home run. Yeah. Cinema chumps could just be the chumps. I don't know. I th- I like cinema chumps. I think yeah, it I like, I, like, yeah. I know we talk about cinema. Yeah. But I think it's it's like you know like we talk about chess we tie it back to television we talk yeah. about. Like if we ever wanted to talk about how much more I know about poker than you, we could watch talk about Molly's game, <laughs> or some other, or like Rounders. Have you ever seen Rounders? We should watch Rounders. Can we do Rounders? 
No. <laughs> oh, it's got Matt Damon and uh, oh Ed Norton. It's such a good movie. We can do Rounders if we also watch the um, the one where Tom Cruise plays Pool, because Rounders and that movie are both in the same like spot in my head. What's the Tom Tom Hanks plays Pool? Or Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. I don't know why they're in the same. They occupy the same space in my mind, but they do. Mm. Uh, you just got that heuristic uh, freaking mind palace, huh? Yeah. Some call me diet. All right, so this has been Cinema (laughs) Chumps. I've been Quinn. Thanks for listening. I've been Brayden. All right, have a swell... We'll work on the outro. Have a swell day.